0: Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And this morning, because we're doing a a morning show, my time, I'm your only podcast because it's 6 a.m. here, so so we can't uh, always uh, ask Jim and Hunter to take time off work just to join us. Uh, But joining us, we do have a guest, uh, because it's not just going to be me talking to myself uh, this morning. Uh, joining us all the way from Essen, Germany, which is why we're doing uh, this time zone thing, Chris H., uh, the developer... I'm not going to butcher your last name, Chris. Uh, Chris <laughs> H., the developer of the uh, space RTS building game Galactineers.
1: Welcome. Uh, uh, thanks, Brian. Hi, guys. What's up? <laughs>
0: And uh I think they can hear you okay guys. Uh I'm trying a new audio thing this morning, so uh if you ca- if you can't hear Chris or me, please let me know in the chat and I will I will fiddle with things. But good morning. So Chris, uh welcome to the show. Uh thank you folks. Thank you, you don't know but Chris has been very flexible. I had to cancel a couple weeks ago because we had a house guest. Uh let me Oh yeah, we can only apparently really hear me. I'm going to try and turn you up, Chris. But I had a house guest and I didn't really know I was having a house guest and the house guest was staying where the computer is. So I couldn't ask my girlfriend's mom, hey, could you get
1: up and get out <laughs> so I could do this thing? Uh,
0: <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't
1: <laughs> yeah, it's no problem. I'm glad to be here right now so we can talk about the game and hopefully have some fun.
0: Sorry. So... Uh, Chris, if you can give people the elevator pitch for uh, the uh, the rundown of what Galactineers is. It's in early access, by the way, folks. Uh, just <clears throat> FYI. Uh,
1: yeah. Of course. Uh, Well, uh, Galactineers is a genre mix of uh, open-world sandbox game and real-time strategy game. So it uh, combines the building aspects, as you know them from Minecraft, and real-time strategy aspects like, you know, might know from StarCraft or similar games. And... um, uh, you can use uh, different blocks and items and stuff uh, to shape the world to your imaginations and uh but the the fun part is uh, building ships that what you see in the stream right now um you can also design your own ships and uh whatever you build are your um RTS units which you can use to uh build up your economy to improve building in in the world or do pve battle pvb battles or pve missions in cooperative mode and use your own custom ships so there are plenty of customizing options as well and yeah so that's the concept behind the game
0: <clears throat> right and right now it's it's still pretty early so there isn't really much content it's more like building and some gathering right now if because i've played about an hour or so of it and right now it seems mostly mostly building if i'm remembering correctly
1: yeah that's right uh, for the moment we uh, have only one pve mission uh, in the content um Uh, The whole uh, the whole engine is uh, completed, though, and the API to create missions. So uh, you can play uh, a PvE mission, which is located in front of the starting base, but um, uh, there will be more. And uh, if you find extraterrestrial stations on the map, uh, there are these green question marks, uh, which are the um, uh, locations of the PvE missions to come. So you already know where they will be. And... um, then play them later as soon as we developed and deployed them
0: right and um yeah because i i saw those on the map as i was playing the game but i didn't get to to fiddle with them uh, so remind me are the, the uh, there, are there going to be randomly generated and st- uh like scripted missions or is it all
1: uh all is it <clears throat> all scripted uh, the sandbox world is uh, randomly generated, uh, but the uh, the missions are uh, sc- uh, completely scripted. Yeah, You create them in the map editor and combine them with a PHP script, and uh, this will be a mission.
0: Oh, I see. So people can... I'm sorry. I'm, folks, please forgive me. I, it's very early here, and I'm very sleepy, so I'm forgetting things. Uh, but people uh, have the ability to create their own missions uh, for their game as well.
1: Yes, of course. There's an API, uh, which is uh, already pretty well documented in our wiki, and uh, you can uh, just build the map in in the editor and uh, put a PHP script with it, and, uh, yeah, that's everything you need to do, uh, uh, besides creativity, obviously.
0: (laughs) Right. Now, um, I noticed the – because every every one of these games approaches uh, building ships a bit differently – and yeah. and you have a very block uh, centric, <clears throat> so you have a Blair block centric way of um, of building your ship. So how did you come to uh, the ship design process that uh, the, the process that you allowed people to build ships? Like how did you come to a block centric focus? And has have you found that that has given you any advantages that maybe other games don't? Because I did like that. Because it's mm-hmm. it's very block-heavy, it's very easy to visualize your ship yeah, as right. you're putting it together.
1: Yeah, as you could imagine, uh, I've been a Minecraft player uh, some years ago, ah. and, uh, <laughs> and um, so um, I like the blocky concept uh, of the game, and uh, it was the time where you did not have all those uh, server scripts, mods, and so on yet, and... Um, uh, there were people building uh, spaceships uh, on Minecraft maps, but uh, they obviously couldn't fly. So right. I, re- I, I remember uh,
0: someone built yeah. like a, someone <laughs> built an Enterprise, and it was just sitting there. Like, why would you? Be, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's just sitting there.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought, uh, how would it be if you built such a ship and could actually use it? And so I, um, uh, <laughs> I designed the ship, created the ship designer and, uh, it was pretty funny because, um, on the, on the one hand, it's, it's limited due to the blocky style, obviously. But on the other hand, you can be so creative with only blocks as Minecraft proves. And, um, so this is a pretty cool concept, I think.
0: And uh, yeah, because I, um, I mean, it was a little fiddly for me, but again, early access. And folks, I have to be honest about something. Uh, right off the bat, I'm well, kind of off the bat, I guess, <laughs> not right off. <laughs> but I'm I'm not the best with these building games. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of patience for them. So uh, I, I when you see me play them like this in Space Engineers, I might get a bit impatient. So please don't let that color your opinion of the game itself, because this is not like it's not a re- re- it's less a reflection of the game and more a reflection of me <laughs> so <laughs> so like the video that the video that uh I'm streaming right now is a video I made uh to use as a preview but when I watched it I'm like oh god I'm being kind of a dick you know cuz I'm like <laughs> eh, I don't want to build anything so that's one of the reasons I have not put it live because it's like wow I'm kind of an asshole in this video so uh, i wanted to say to to you chris and to the folks listening right off the bat it's not the game it's me please don't <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i i feel the same way about empyrean and space engineers it's like i don't want to build anything i just want to fly shit i just want to fly and kill shit um so is there a way like l- let me ask you a question kind of about that Have you run into that sort of thing with other players where it's like they don't have the patience to build, they just want stuff? And is there a way to appeal that, like maybe give them a ship? Uh, Because you do kind of give them a ship, but uh, like right off the bat, you give them – I think it's a battle cruiser. Um, But to do – Sorry. The
1: game itself doesn't contain uh, any pre-built ships yet, but uh, the game is completely uh, connected to the Steam Workshop. Right. So you, you can obviously browse uh, the community content, and there are already plenty of ships built for different levels 1 to 5. Uh, mm-hmm. 1 to 3, uh, level five, 4 and 5 are not released yet. Um, and you can see um, uh, uh, some people are really creative and uh, oh, yeah. just to... Pre- just subscribe it, and uh, uh, they are available at your factory immediately, so you can just oh. uh, put them in your map. Yeah. Okay, I think that's, that's... no problem at all.
0: Right, but what I was thinking <laughs> is, like, say I don't want to build anything. I just want to tell this ship to go here and tell... I just want, like, a pure RTS mode. Is that possible as well?
1: A pure RTS mode? Um, well, um... The building mode is enabled uh, when you have a ship selected with uh, build material on it. So without that, uh, you're in always you're always in RTS mode.
0: Oh, okay. I, I
1: you move I... the ships around and. Um, yeah, you, you can, uh, choose, uh, sorry, I'm b- a bit distracted right now because I see, uh, you're playing on, on an old version of the game, which is, uh, which has this bug of loading instances incorrectly. Oh, so ah, yeah, this, you, this, you, you, uh... launched, you launched a PVE mission and, uh, it actually did not launch, but, uh, <laughs> the, the heads yeah. of display changed to, <laughs> to yeah, I, I
0: recorded this video, uh, right before we were about to do our last show and, uh, and, uh, then, uh, the, I just didn't put it live because I didn't like how it turned out. So I'm, I'm definitely going to do another one. If you, if you say this is an older, buggier version, I won't even put this live. I'll just use this as a background for this show and I'll make another video. Uh, yeah.
1: that'll put the, me... bucket's already fixed, but, uh, yeah, exactly. So I'll well, just, you like build mode and so on right now because it's still in this, uh, intermediate state between instance and sandbox. <laughs>
0: oh, I see. <laughs> So yeah. so are you going to have because you say sandbox and you say instance so i i 'm I'm imagining that the missions are more instanced, and yet the uh, the rest of the world is more of a sandbox is that how
1: yeah right well uh, uh, what you can see here in the video right now is the sandbox world uh, the the main base uh, of the sandbox world, uh, which is uh, infinitely large like my, like minecraft it's um, a random map generator and um you'll find these uh, red and green question marks everywhere. Green are PvE locations and red ones are PvP locations. And at these locations, you can simply open up a lobby and uh, all uh, other players on the server can join and uh, get into an instance together um, to either play a PvP battle or the PvE mission located at that spot. So it might be a single player mission, like the tour tour mission, but it's, uh, there are, will also be cooperative missions with up to four players.
0: Oh, that's pretty awesome, because I, 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 I used to not give a crap about co-op, and now I, I love co-op. <laughs> <laughs> so that, so that is pretty great. So, so you said the maps are infinite, because I, I, I did scroll around a couple, and it just kept going and going and going, like, What is, like, the biggest map you've ever seen, like, before the game has crashed? Like, how big can these things get?
1: um uh in megabytes uh well <laughs> i, uh, I can't, can't i can't really answer that but i think um the biggest radius i did for playing playtesting on the development service like 2000 blocks around the the starting base usually you find all stuff you need like resources and the basic PV emissions in that radius or all the stations you need um But you could, (laughs) so uh, there's uh, no technical limits uh, for the map size, well, except maybe a number overflow in your memory. (laughs) Right,
0: it's pretty impressive because the map, it's like, I've never really, I've not seen many space games with a map like this, where it's got, it's all these floating platforms, which I think is a really neat Design choice how did you come to this design choice where instead of maybe planets or space stations, you have these floating like blocky kind of asteroidy platforms that like almost hold everything except like jump gates and things
1: yeah it's n- not just like that there are also stations which are not located on asteroids so, right right but, right but I'm saying um, there
0: are a lot of there's a lot of that I thought that was neat there's a lot of these asteroid based platforms
1: yeah you are well um the idea was uh, to be able to build uh, uh, to build stations and um stations are um well, it's pretty difficult because when you're in uh, empty space in the vacuum and you have no uh, no sense of up and down um so uh, i chose that rather two dimensional uh style for the game the the ships are always uh, have the same height uh, and um well um it somehow evolved that we have asteroids under the most stations. Uh, I can't even uh, say why exactly, but uh, it looked good to have uh, um, to have uh, the factories integrated in, into the uh, into the asteroids, um, and to have some towers and other um, buildings uh, on the upside of it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I think I think it gives it a unique look. Honestly. Yes, I, I really definitely. I really do enjoy it. Now now you said that you were a Minecraft player and Yeah, that... so it's
1: more familiar, Sorry to interrupt you.
0: No, 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 <laughs> that's fine. Uh, yeah. you said that you were a Minecraft player and you saw people making like yeah, I saw people making X Wings and things in Minecraft, but they didn't go anywhere. So is that what got the ball rolling on this game?
1: Yes, definitely. Well, um together with the idea, hey, how uh would Minecraft in space be like <laughs> so um uh, this combined, obviously. So um, these two ideas, uh, and, and we made how, the whole concept.
0: How long have you been working on it?
1: Um, it's a uh, little bit over four years now. So it started uh, June
0: 2012. Wow. Uh, and what engine is this running on?
1: Um, it's uh, based on XNA. It's uh, basically a direct X wrapper for .NET and Microsoft. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. cause you, so, so it's not a complete engine. Uh, it's, it's rather a framework. And, um, yeah, I developed all the stuff, uh, on top of that, so like the chunking and the network and so on.
0: Yeah. Cause you usually don't hear about dot net being used in
1: gaming. Um, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me. So using dot net, does that present any, uh, challenges that you might not have if, say, you had, you, you were using unity? Or Unreal Tournament.
1: Unreal Tournament. Oh my god. Well, well, I'm, I'm not uh, not a big fan of too much pre made stuff because for me it, uh, it narrows down creativity or uh, the, uh, solving problems which you don't have. So if you're Unity, for example, it's extremely powerful, but it's, uh, let's say, focuses on uh, ego perspective stuff. Obviously, so if you want to have a, 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 a two-dimensional strategy game in Unity, you have to do a lot of work. So um, it's uh, like, oh, yeah, cracking the system. <laughs> and uh, um, so uh, for me, uh, doing something from scratch is uh, more fun. I
0: know that makes that, make, that makes uh, that makes total sense uh, yeah. because yeah, this this gives you the total flexibility. To uh, do whatever you want, and uh, so you've been working on for years. Is it just you, or is it a few other people?
1: Uh, well, uh, yeah, there, there are other people. Uh, well, I'm not a composer, I'm not a sound designer, I'm not a sure. streamer, uh, obviously, sure. so obviously. Uh, yeah, got, uh, I could tell there. you.
0: I could tell you just narrate <laughs> the tutorial videos, which I want to talk about in a second. But I can tell that's not you on those tutorials. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there yeah, it's uh, yeah, and, uh, it's a uh, native uh, American actually oh a, okay the guy who who uh, uh, who synchronized the tutorial videos and um, yeah so we uh, we are a total of seven guys, but if you uh, narrow it down to the pure writing code and development, it's just me
0: wow so i I gotta say uh, going back to those tutorial videos for a second, I kind of like. Uh, how those were, uh, spread out. It was, I'm gonna admit it was a bit confusing trying to find some of them. It's like, where are, the, where's the next one? Um, cause there's like no arrow pointing to the Maria thing. It's just like, I gotta scroll the map and find them. Uh, and I, I'm impatient. So, but <laughs> beyond that, I really liked how you had these kind of interactive tutorial, uh, videos within kind of the world. And it didn't really break the world, uh, or, or the immersion because you kind of, You kind of framed it like, oh, we're watching this on a view screen of my ship, you know, and that's how it felt, which is really nice. So how did, how did you come to design the tutorials the way you did? And, uh, are there going to be more of them, for example? Like, uh, like I think there's what, five or six right now? Eight. Eight. uh, Okay. That's probably why I was confused because I think I couldn't find one or two. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I really liked how they were kind of mixed into the world. How did the concept of mi- like kind of making the tutorials a part of the world come about?
1: Um, well, uh, it was rather a question of uh, time and budget um, because uh, uh, coding a whole uh, tutorial with click this, uh, fight that, uh, and press this button, um, um, they take a lot of time to code. Um, and um, they are also pretty hard to um, to implement to this whole multiplayer stuff because um, technically uh, the game, the client does not make any difference if you're playing on a server or a single player. Uh, it behaves exactly the same. And um, when you create a map, um, well, ignoring the fact that it's randomly generated, um, there might already Have something happened on the map, other players might have changed the world, and the tutorial would just not work because stations are not where they were supposed to be, you know. Right,
0: okay, now that makes perfect sense,
1: yeah. So I thought tutorial videos would be nice, but then it would be boring to uh, <laughs> have a player joining the map and then uh, smash a 30 minutes video into his face. So I just uh, put them at the places where they are relevant. Uh, so you get the mining t- mining tower tutorial be- uh, in front of the starting base mining towers, um, and. Uh, they are all between 30 and 45 seconds, so it's not too long. So I guess this is a pretty good compromise uh, for the players to understand the economical stuff. Um, we are aware of the problem that it's a, bit, a little bit hard to get started. Um, yes. Many people ask, uh, hey, what should I do first? Uh, what's recommended and how does all this stuff work at all? And... Um, we are already approaching that problem. So maybe with um, a sort of uh, introductional uh, video explaining uh, uh, or proposing a start to the game, like uh, the first econo- economical stuff, harvesting blue crystal to get cores and so on, the first thing you should do. And um, yeah, we are thinking about how to integrate that to the game.
0: Yeah I, yeah that's good I will admit you even after you sent me directions to do that I still had issues trying to figure it <laughs> out
1: I'm like I'm making
0: the video I'm like the developer told me to do this thing and I'm not figuring <laughs> out how to do this thing
1: Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not very obvious, because uh, the Minecraft players do not exactly know how it works from the beginning, because you, the, the building mode is bound to a ship instead of you as a person, and uh, the RTS players um, don't know exactly what to do with their ships they have, they do know how to move it, um, so... I often see videos on the internet about the game uh, where people just fly around and uh try to figure out uh, how the the economy works or how to even build something. And uh, we know that's a problem, and we are working on it. So, um yeah, stay tuned.
0: No, no, that's great. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to ask about that sort of thing because early access, we have found as we talk to developers and through our own experiences, can really be a double-edged sword. Like you have some really great examples of early access like Starpoint Gemini and a few others. And then you have Space Base DF9 and a few others where people get really burned. Uh, how are you finding the early access process uh, in terms of developing your game and making it better? Is it really helpful? Is it frustrating? How How is that going?
1: uh i think it's a bit too early to uh, to answer that question yet yeah, uh-huh. because uh, we are already uh, out of that uh, steam novelty area time area and uh, so uh, we don't have a lot of new people uh, joining in at the moment uh, so there's not so much feedback going on at the moment. Oh. Um, we are planning a big content upgrade uh, in, in the next few weeks uh, with uh, some promotions oh. going on and uh, so we hope uh, uh, it will bring some more community into the game and uh, also um, increase the amount of feedback we receive from the game. But the feedback we got is usually helpful well besides the guys who just say hey i have windows 10 and it's lagging <laughs> <laughs> that's not helpful <laughs> but um yeah but, but other people post crash logs or say hey that button does not work or how would it be if this or that function uh, would be in the game. We already did some stuff proposed, actually. So if you are in the mining tower uh, context menu, for example, we have this uh, take everything to the ship button. Um, This was a proposal from uh, the first two weeks. No, It it eases up the the controls significantly.
0: I I can can only imagine. Uh, Now, you you said you're out of the novelty period because it's kind of interesting you mentioned that because when you started this game four years ago, there were not really any other (laughs) – I mean it's kind of interesting to see like how this genre – because I started Space Game Junkie almost five years ago and when I started it, there was like nothing coming out and now – Holy crap! <laughs>
1: there
0: is so much coming out it's wonderful, but at the same time how how hard is it to gain visibility where not only, I mean Steam has its own visibility issues with you know games changing on the daily you know the deals yeah. and all that stuff how uh, how do you try and maintain visibility is it patches is it uh, is it is it sales? Like, like, what do you do to get visibility for your game on such a massive platform? Especially now that there's more competition in this realm.
1: You're right. Well, um, at the moment, uh, it's pretty silent. Uh, So uh, we want Uh to wait uh, with a promotional campaign campaign for the big. Content upgrade to come out okay. because uh, with big content upgrades you're allowed to uh, put your game onto the start page of Steam for 24 hours and th- that brings a lot of uh, a lot of um, visibility obviously and, um, and if you combine that with uh, for example your Let's Play starting and uh, having uh, banner ads on websites and uh, and other stuff posting on forums and so on. Um, Uh, altogether, um, will hopefully bring some, some, uh, some people to the game.
0: Yeah, because the reviews right now are pretty positive on Steam. There aren't, like, a lot of them, like you said, but they're, they're, they are positive. So that, that's a good yeah, start. Yeah, that's right.
1: Well, we, we struggled a bit, a bit at the beginning because we had performance problems with uh, Windows 10 that brought us some negative reviews. And um, <laughs> most of these guys just post like, hey, I'm on Windows 10 and it does not run. Bam, thumbs up, thumbs down. And um, yeah, we fixed that problem. Um, and um, since then, we just got only one negative review, which was about the tutorial videos. And so, um, yeah, you're right. Um, the, the average is quite good, but, uh, the rating between positive and negative uh, reviews. And, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm convinced with a bit more visibility it will be even better.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, the price is also... De- I mean, uh, it's, it's interesting to see the varied prices for games like this. And $10 is a real... It, I think it's a sweet spot for a lot of people because it it, it shows that you're trying to show you a value, but you're also kind of in that impulse range. You know, it's like oh, it's only ten bucks, boom. You know. Uh, yeah. So how did yeah. how did you come to that kind of pricing? Because I, I it's weird. Like you'll see like these other games. Like there's this like rogue I want. I forget it, what it's, it's called, but it's like thirty dollars. Yeah. And I'm like I'm, I'm not going to just shell out $30 for for something but 10, yeah, that's a lot easier.
1: Yeah, okay. Um well, um the main thoughts behind that uh, you already said them. Um we did not want to sell the game for uh 2 or 3 dollars because uh, we spent 4 years of work into it and it would just not uh, compare to the effort in the, of developing it. And um yeah, well, uh, $10 is exactly the price where you would say, Hey, okay, it's, it, it's early access. It's not finished yet. Um, you get a game which is possibly partially broken and incomplete. Um, but, um, it's still a, a pretty complex game with uh, lots of features in it already. So, uh, I end up somewhere at $10 <laughs> with that calculation. <clears throat>
0: No, I mean that's a really good price because again, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's an impulse area for a lot of people. I know it is for yeah. me. So it's like ten bucks. Yeah, I'll take a risk on ten bucks now. Um, another thing that you know Steam did with their refunds um, because now you can refund anything. Have you um what would what like have you had any issues with refunds? Like, what's your opinion on the Steam refund system?
1: Um well um this happens uh, automatically in the background i can't actually see how many people are refunding the game oh. i just get the uh, i get ju- just get the statistics about the revenue and uh, the uh, the refunds are already integrated there so uh oh. i can't tell too much about that
0: <laughs> why wow, you, th- you would think they'd want developers to know why people are refunding a game because yeah, might... i guess
1: they they uh they try to motivate people to post the review instead so uh i, I had huh. the reviews in, in which uh, people said hey i refunded the game because da, da, da. Uh, but uh, about the others i don't know
0: the, okay that i gotta say i think that's a failing on steam's part because you would think if someone's going to refund a game you'd want to know why
1: yeah, cuz that
0: would that would help you make a better game either this one or the next one. You know? So that that's really I'm I'm honestly shocked to hear that cuz from what I've understood about Steam's back end, you get a lot of information about how your game's doing, how it's selling. Yes, you. But,
1: yeah, that's
0: but mean. to to keep this more I mean less transparent just seems like an odd odd design choice. Cause I mean, how are you gonna, how are you gonna know what people aren't liking? I mean, besides reviews. I mean, I get that they want to encourage people to review, write reviews, but not everyone wants to write a review. You know, not everyone wants to sit there and write something. People just want to be like, oh, I didn't like it. Click. Done. Yeah. You know, and they do ask you, like, why you're refunding it. There are reasons, you know, when you refund a game, it's like, it's not fun. It didn't work, you know, blah, blah, blah. So just giving you that information, I would think would be helpful
1: yeah right yeah you're right uh, oh, maybe i have not found the report yet uh, that might be another option but i think i uh, i've been everywhere in that report page uh, well no um i guess uh, steam counts uh, it's just a guess i uh, i think they um just uh, only add that game to your revenue when that two weeks period of uh of refunding possibility is is over. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about that though. Such a guess. No, that's fair.
0: Um, no, that's that's fair. It's just the more we talk to developers, the the more we learn about the the ups and downs of working with Steam as a platform. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you're right well uh the major up is uh as a small developer you uh, no uh, nearly have no alternatives
0: <laughs> that's true and you did not yeah. i'm if i remember correctly you did not go through Greenlight you you uh i did, I did. Oh, you did yeah i
1: did, yeah, I, did. Yeah. Well, I
0: can't even remember and usually and well I'm, I'm also messed up on that because usually the the game page will say the Greenlight community helped you know bring this to steam but your page i don't think says that okay no it doesn't uh but that's fine so um so i apologize uh, again it's early folks so i apologize so how uh how was the green light i'm and and it's also possible i found out about you after the green light process so maybe that's why it's not cuz it's so hard to keep track of all of this stuff now
1: like yeah. i'm just one guy <laughs> and there
0: are these there's kickstarters there's green lights there's 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 Indiegogos. <laughs> it's like how do you keep? It's 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 getting impossible for me to keep track, and I try to help other people keep track. So it's like ah. Um, but how did you find the green light process?
1: Um, it pre- it went pretty well for us actually. So um, uh, I've uh, put the game into the green light process, and uh, even less than two weeks later, we were through it. So uh, we had That's a, yeah, we had a pretty good uh, re- a pretty good ratio of votes, and uh, so, um, yeah, I, I can't complain.
0: <laughs> All right, so let's talk... We haven't really been talking about the game itself, and I apologize for that. That's because my experience with it is a bit limited. So let, let's talk about some of the, the core designs of the, of the game. Basically, like we said, it's an RTS. Uh, now, is the primary goal uh, conquest of enemies? Is it map control? Uh, what would you say is the pri like territory control? What would be like the primary uh, goal of the game? Uh,
1: as um, you y- you don't have a primary goal. It's oh. a sandbox game, so sure, um, okay. You you have the- those uh, those. Uh, you make your own. You make your own. Ti- no, yeah, you have those timed goals or uh, intermediate goals uh, due to the PVE missions. So uh, you have a challenge. If you say, I want to, uh, I want to complete this mission, I have to build the occurring ships which uh, are able to manage this mission. And, um, this is the sort of challenge you can get. It might be, um, uh, trading missions or uh battle missions it's all different and so these are the challenges but um you know the pve missions are all located inside that sandbox world so um, the sandbox world is obviously infinite creativity so just build and shape the world how you prefer to <clears throat> You can unlock uh, uh, huge amounts of parts, so uh, this might be a goal as well, and uh, you get more options for your sandbox and economy stuff.
0: Now, now I like that there—it's not just like bases, but there's like PVE missions, but there's also things like pirate nests, which I think I saw one once, yeah, <laughs> and that looked a bit scary. Uh, but it looked like I, I kind of liked how the world felt a bit lively. Uh, Because even in the early version I was playing, there were ships um, flying around doing their own thing. So tell me about the AI. Like when you're in a sandbox, will there be other AI players doing the same thing you're doing basically –
1: um, they are not doing the same as, the same thing as you're doing, but um, there are four races in the in the game okay. besides the humans, and uh, two of them are hostile and uh, pirates, obviously, um, and uh, two of them are, um, are friendly, and uh, they will uh, trade with you. So um, I've already seen in the stream um, you see sometimes see merchants of uh, these races yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coming out of the jump portals, and uh, you can use the docking based structure to uh, define your um, supply and demand and uh, they will trade with you so you get the resources you need for research or to build or whatever
0: now one thing I'm going to admit I struggled with a little bit was the UI because uh, this is a sandbox there's a ton of stuff going on and, and the UI reflects that now uh, I'm not saying it's bad it's just like my brain was like starting to break <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, but it sounds like that's something that's being continuously worked on. So, how, like, how difficult is it to come up with an AI, a UI, excuse me, that lets you, cause, I mean, you have a UI for building things right from your ship, you have a UI for the factory, you have a UI for all these different things. Like, how much work does it take to go, to, to make a solid UI? Like, and how do you go about that? Do you have, like, a whiteboard where you, like, Plan it all out, like, because there's just so much going on. You have to have a mm-hmm. good UI to juggle all that. So, how'd you come about the UI that's currently in the game? Oh
1: uh, well, I think uh, I'm I'm doing doing it in the same approach like I would design uh, apps or or web pages or whatever I do in my job. Uh, I. I have a list of uh, of things which are uh, required to be d- to be displayed. What functions do uh, do there need to be? Um. W- uh, what uh, oh, and how do I do that as easily as possible for the user? So, um. So uh, the best thing always is to have uh, everything visible already. So uh, as few clicks as possible is always a good design choice. Yeah. Well, it sometimes makes the UI uh, look pretty heavy. That's why, for example, in the research lab, you have sort of tabs. It has three submenus. So these are the basic thoughts you always do when you uh, design a context menu for a certain part of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really really did like how um, the UI was not only unobtrusive but seemed also very, uh, uh, context driven, you know, which,
1: which yes, I really yes. like, which I really like. Cause
0: I, yeah, I'm a big well, fan of context
1: driven UI. Yeah. There are some, some, some static elements, obviously, like the minimap of or course, the yeah, mini. of course. um, then, uh, when you select the ship, you, uh, as you can see right now in the stream, you have that context menu for the ship at the right. Bottom, exactly. Yeah. And then you can, right click, uh, right-click, uh a building with a selected ship, and you get that context menu for uh, for that building uh, popped, popped up as well, and uh, you can drag items between these two menus, or uh, use the, the the building menu only.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. It remind me of uh, a, a UI for a game I really love called uh, SWAT uh, three or four. Have you ever played Have you played either of those games?
1: SWAT. Yeah. Oh well, that's pretty long-term
0: right it. but the, <laughs> the, those are some of my favorite examples of contract context-driven ui because like you'll right click a door and you have options for the door and you'll right you'll right click a corner and you have options for that corner you know yeah. so it kind of reminded me of that i mean yeah it's a long time ago but i i still play those honestly oh yeah, really oh god <laughs> well you got the random enemy placement and you got the random enemy um disposition so even you're playing, even if you're playing on the same bat, the enemies won't be in the same place, and they won't be uh, in the same temperament. So yeah, it, right. so it, yeah, yeah. But you have played those?
1: Uh, yes, but it's a long time ago, and I uh, preferred the Rainbow Six games actually. But... Oh, I was totally <laughs> but... the
0: opposite because I like the non, I like the, the non-lethal focus
1: uh, of, okay. of
0: SWAT. I like like you're trying to. Take them in. You're not trying to shoot them. You don't want to shoot them. You know, shooting is the last resort. You know, so you have to be like, yeah. you know, you have to be a lot more thoughtful. Which I I enjoy. I, I love the Rainbow Six games too, but SWAT for me, oh man. And the, and again, the UI, it's like, breach and clear that door. Red, go over there. Green, blue, go over there. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Great context driven UI, guys. If you haven't played the SWAT games, you're kind of out of luck. No, you can get SWAT 3 on uh on GOG. And that one's still very playable. You can't get SWAT 4 anywhere, which is a goddamn crime. (laughs) Just a goddamn crime. Um, So you said you're a big Minecraft player. I'm going to go back to that. Were there any other games that helped influence Galactineers along the way?
1: Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so the uh, if you uh, see the alien races and their structures, you will always find some uh, sort of uh, template for these somewhere else. <laughs> um, for example, the Karanum race is uh, obviously inspired by the Protoss of StarCraft. And, <laughs> okay. um, yeah. Um, the uh, the Harvest the Harves race is uh, has similarities with the Borg from Star Trek. Um and uh yeah so um well you know the the genre mix of the game so uh, influences from Minecraft and Starcraft are obvious.
0: (laughs) That's fair. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get influence from something, might as well go for pop good stuff like that. Uh, Now you said you had a big content update coming. What is what's in that?
1: Um well uh it will unlock level 4 for for everything so it includes like uh, 100 ship modules and uh buildings for uh for level 4 and um we try to add a new PvE mission as well for that one oh, so nice. it will be the first real mission when well, you know the one in front of the starting base is uh, rather tutorial-like and uh, yeah. you, it's just a seek and destroy you destroy probes so with a, uh, it sh- it's for the players starting their first mission they should see how, how battling works how that instancing works right. uh, with the lobby system and so on um, the mission we are trying to release uh it's called rosinand and uh that's the name of the the ship uh which is in the focus of the story of the mission and um it's a a, a, a trading ship of the human race and uh you have uh to escort it through uh, a bunch of enemy ships and bases and bring it back to uh to your home base
0: oh nice <laughs>
1: Yeah, it will be a cooperative mission for two players with a total of uh, six uh, six ships.
0: Oh, nice! And uh, and players control multiple ships.
1: Yeah, everyone can uh, can join three ships into the mission, and uh, so you have a total of six plus the Rosinante, which will go into uh, control of the first player who joins the mission.
0: Now, I I I I like uh, I'm sorry, I like how you uh, have both single and multiplayer. Uh in here and you're going to have PvE and PvP it just seems to offer just about something for everyone. Uh how difficult has it been to incorporate multiplayer is that just through Steamworks or is it through the engine? Like how is that how is that been?
1: No, it's uh, it's uh, self-made, uh, self-made stuff. So um it's it's not been that hard for the normal sandbox mode. Uh, well, it's a typical client-server system, which some with uh, with some uh, batch queues or command queues, and so uh, that works uh, that works out pretty well um, to keep everything synchronized. Um, it's a little bit tougher for the instancing because everything has to be faster. You can't. Work with a, with a queue and wait for someone to have 50 blocks erased and then send it uh, to the other players as a batch. Right. Uh, <laughs> that just does not work. So, uh, we still have a little, a few synchronizing uh, issues with the instances, but um, we're working on it. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit tougher because uh, the handling is different
0: that makes sense because you know you're trying to put specific players into a specific instance so that that that, that makes sense that little- yeah.
1: the instancing is not the problem rather oh. keeping things uh synchronized inside and oh. yeah. the real time stuff you know in in sandbox it it's not that important to have Uh, to have the information uh, ready for the other players inside a millisecond. Uh, During battle, where uh, it might be important if uh, the uh, enemy ship hits you first or you hit the enemy ship first, uh, it's more important to have things synchronized uh, in real time. So it's a different different approach in programming, actually. That makes sense.
0: Now, um, something we haven't really talked about, when you said the, the content update includes, what, 100... New ship modules, I think you said.
1: Yeah, close.
0: Roughly, to, yeah. roughly. Um, yeah. I, uh, one thing we haven't talked about is research. Now, is that the way you gain new ship modules through doing research? And how does basically the whole research system work? Because I really didn't get to play, um, with, play. I didn't get to play with
1: that. Uh, well, to answer, answer the second question first, um, unlocking ship modules is mainly through loot in the PvE missions. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, so. Um, the research stuff basically um is uh related to the four races we have in the game so you have research uh, for uh, for each of the four races uh, you have to get blocks of that material into the research lab um by uh finding stations of the of these races and erase them or win their pve missions or um uh, uh, trade with them if they are uh, if they are friendly and uh you have to to get those resources and get them into the research lab um as soon as you have uh, everything together you will um unlock this races aspect i call it call it the aspects and um for example the karanum aspect if you uh, finish researching that one it it will unlock all Quranum material in the ship designer so new blocks basically
0: oh yeah? and and so what you do, get the, oh, sorry what do those new blocks give you access to like better weapons better equipment like what do those new blocks give you access to
1: um but, uh, blocks are are the blocks really it's those uh, the, the cubes um the um they have uh, d- a different uh, properties than other materials. so iron is heavy the karana material is yellow and uh, pretty light but solid right. and um the, they are mainly visual but also uh, have influence on the statistics of your of your ship so you can build faster ships with karana material for example with the Margrax material you can build more solid ships and um so uh, uh, everything you do in the ship designer uh, influences the statistics of the ships. Not just the number of engines you put, oh. but also the material of the engines and the blocks you use has influence on the statistics of the ship.
0: Really? Oh, I didn't yes. know that. So like, you're not you're not just talking about like what's on the ship, but you're talking about like fi- like actual physics, like weight and all that stuff too. Yeah. Right. Oh, I yeah. didn't even notice that. Very well done.
1: <laughs> very well so you are, uh, with with research you only unlock the uh, these uh, race specific blocks and wow. um but the the uh, most uh, essential part of the research is that as soon as you unlocked all four aspects of one stage you bring the whole world to the next level so oh. the world uh, you see the the uh, the small UI part at the top right of the screen, which displays a one that's the world level so oh. um, uh, you as soon as you researched all four alien aspects uh, the world will switch to level two, and this allows you to build level two structures. Uh, like level two foundry, level two docking bay, level two jump portals, and so on. And may, well, the main structure is level two factory, obviously, which will give you access to a bigger ship designer for to build level two ships. Oh, that's right. Which has right. More, co- more cores, different core types than the three basic ones, uh, more modules, and so on. All right.
0: So, so you said you, um, you're having a. Um... A big content update. What are some of the other big updates? Like, what's the roadmap you have planned up to release? Like, what are some of the things you have planned up to 1.0? What are some of the other things you have planned on the on the on the road to 1.0?
1: Yeah, well, uh, obviously there are level four and five to come. Level five will be the final stage. Um, and we uh, want to have all PvE missions implemented. Well, that's obvious. Um, for the moment, we have like eight or nine different uh, extraterrestrial stations in the game, and all of them have a green question mark. So the goal would be to uh, have a mission for all of these already existing question marks. Um, plus maybe community content. I don't know how many people are willing to script their own missions and add them to the workshop. Uh, we uh, are willing to integrate the best of these to the game as well. Um, so feel free, dear viewer. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, that's, these are the main parts, plus some... Uh, tutorial stuff. Uh, We already talked about that, like the getting started tutorial, but also um, some more some stuff which is not in the starting base like a research lab the observatory and uh, other structures like or the automation lab which allows to build transmitter systems to uh, automatically transport uh, items from a factory to uh, to storage that's already in the game but it has no tutorial videos yet so um yeah so uh, these are the three main parts which are on the roadmap yet
0: yeah, cause folks, seriously, if you're into building ships and things like that and, and harvesting and mining, this is seriously the game for you. I'm not even kidding. Like, like, cause there's just all of that in here. And I'm looking at some of the stuff on the workshop and I think it's funny how like some people have made like variations of the ships that came in the game, but there's also someone made a, a GTF Apollo from Free Space.
1: Yeah, uh, well, um, uh, I was already stunned when I released the first playable alpha version in December 2012. What people were able to build with just two engines, two blocks and two weapons <laughs> on a five by seven grid. So it, I was already stunned about the creativity. So, uh, now imagine what's possible with a level five factory with a like, 21 by 35 grid and like 300 400 different module types. Uh, I think people can build complete uh, Star Trek Enterprises or X-wings or whatever in the game. Blocky, of course. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some,
0: there's some bigger ships here. I love that someone has made some ships from Conquest Frontier Wars, which yeah. is which is pretty much one of my favorite RTS games. Like period. If you guys haven't played that one, it's on GOG. It's so good. Um, but there's like four ships from Conquest in here, which just makes me giddy. <laughs> it, really, it really does. Because I'm like, oh my god, Conquest! Someone else played that besides me! <laughs> Yay! Yeah.
1: yeah, there are pretty neat ships in the workshop already. I already also uploaded some to just to get people the impression what's possible with the ship designer well because most people just build a few iron blocks and put some engines on it but you can also build all those extraterrestrial ships i mean if you see morgrax carrier which is in the top list of the of the workshop right now at the moment um it's also built on the ship designers nothing nothing special i did there in terms of coding so
0: yeah i was <laughs> looking at that and i was also looking at uh the rose rose Nante? Which is also a really, another really nifty looking ship. Yeah, that's
1: the quest ship for the mission, actually. I talked about, uh, oh, okay, yeah, Yeah. right,
0: right, right. Yeah, it's a really neat looking one, you guys.
1: Yeah, it's a level level three human ship.
0: Interesting. This is still all made with blocks, and yet it's such a neat looking design. It's still all made with blocks.
1: Yeah, there are uh, really a lot of uh, decorative m- modules. Uh, so we have like uh, approximately 100 modules uh, f- per level. So uh, oh. the game goes to level three at the moment, as you know. Level four will be in the content upgrade. So right. uh, if you unlock everything, you have like 300 uh, modules. Be- uh, yeah, for for the ship designer.
0: Good lord. Um, so I gotta wrap up soon because I actually have to go to work. But let's. Uh, I tr- we try and ask this of our, our guests, but besides the game you're making, are you playing anything else right now that you'd like to share with folks?
1: Oh, I have. Uh, don't have so much time at the moment. No, to that's play. that's a very <laughs> common answer.
0: That's a very common answer. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, get that one a lot. Don't even worry about it. You know no this? problem. <laughs>
1: If I have the time I uh, like games like uh, Forza Horizon
0: City Skylines
1: uh, Or Tomb Raider Rise of the Tomb Raiders Things like that
0: I gotta say I'm super excited that Forza is finally coming to Windows Because I've been wanting to play
1: that for a really long time Yeah Well but that's a typical Xbox couch game for me, to be honest. <laughs> oh no, I I
0: love couch games like that. Like I play, yeah. um, I have a PS3, so when I feel like playing a couch game on the PS3, for me it's uh, Midnight Club Los Angeles. Yeah, ah, know, yo,
1: uh, yo. Yeah, pretty old as well. Well, but, yeah, yeah, but I, it I was very good. Oh yeah,
0: because yeah. Lo- I li- again I live in Los Angeles, so it's like oh I know that place, so <laughs> it kind of hits a bunch of notes for me. But yeah, yeah. I've I've been. I've been watching all these Xbox folks play Forza for years. I'm like, I want to play Forza, but I don't want to buy another thing. Uh, so (laughs) even though I'm not on Windows 10 yet, I probably eventually will be. So I'm very excited that Forza is finally coming to PC because that's like leaving money on the table by not bringing a popular franchise like that to another platform. You know, I mean, I get you, I get that you want to sell the hardware, but sure, give, be exclusive for a little while and then. Come to another platform where you can get more fans. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. So
0: I've been yeah. trying to play. I've been wanting to play Forza for a while now. Let me ask you one last thing, kind of related to that. Have you ever played the Crew?
1: The Crew. Uh, well, it was a birthday present. Ah. <laughs> but I did not install it yet. Oh, it's you, you know, know it's great. time factor. Sure, but yeah. when you
0: get a chance, you should. It's really great. Yeah. It's really. It's a great road trip game because the whole country. It's whole. It's all of America kind of abstracted but it's kind of like if you play if you played european truck simulator it's kind of ah, the crew
1: i'm sorry i i mix it up with uh with uh, project cars no sorry i the crew i played the crew yeah oh,
0: okay yeah i haven't played project yeah. cars but i want to i apparently that one's pretty good too but i love the crew the crew is so much fun
1: yeah i like that gang style you know, yeah
0: crew. yeah yeah it's a great story real fun um, so, yeah, let's wrap this up. Folks, the game is Galactineers, and it's on Steam right now for $10. bucks. is currently in early access. As we talk, it's about to have a big uh, content update in a few weeks, which will probably coincide. Uh, did you say it's going to coincide with a promotion? Is, is that going to include, like, a sale? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, at least a discount.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> a, a discount. Like, not yeah, like... Yeah. Not like uh, you know, like a big one, sure. But I mean, you're still in early access; it's still relatively new. But so yeah, in a few weeks, as we record this, uh, if you're listening currently, uh, there's going to be a big content update, and there's going to be a, uh, a discount and some promotion stuff coming up. So keep an eye out for that on Steam. Uh, but currently, it is $9.99, which for all the content you get, even in this early access stage, you get the, you get co-op, uh, you get multiplayer, uh, which kind of goes with co-op. Uh, you can make missions, you can build all sorts of stuff. There's just a lot going on here. And if you're into building games, you know, where you build ships and you build factories and stuff, you need this one in your toolbox. This is one you definitely need <clears throat> in your toolbox, because there's just a lot going on here. And it really, more than the other games, I think it really does hit that Minecraft and space vibe more than maybe some of the other games. And I like, I like the other games too, but this one, really hits that vibe that My- Minecraft and space vibe which is apparently is kind of what you were going for so it sounds like it was successful <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Chris, I want to thank you for not only taking the time to talk with me, but also, again, being flexible and having to reschedule. Um,
1: You're welcome. Thanks for uh, making it possible for me to be on the show.
0: Oh, we really appreciate it. So, folks, (laughs) uh, just a couple of programming notes real quick before – oh, uh, sorry. Where can people find you online, Chris? Besides Steam, clearly, like on Twitter.
1: Uh, Twitter and YouTube. Uh, you find uh, my nickname, Linzo the T, on uh, in the description probably, uh, as soon as Brian <laughs> put it in there. And, uh, well, it's uh, on the Steam shop uh, store page as well. So uh, with that nickname, just find me on Twitter and YouTube.
0: Got it. Uh, so folks, just a couple of programming notes real quick. next week we're welcoming back as I was saying to uh Chris earlier we're welcome back oh another Chris uh, <laughs> uh, four to- now now four time guest Chris stockman, who uh you you folks may remember from um Battle of Soul and uh, Fleets of Soul, he worked on uh Star Trek Elite Force Two uh way back in the day and says he has some very interesting stories about that. So uh we're going to kind of bring it down to earth a little bit and talk about that game next week with him. Uh We're also going to do some multiplayer with that on Thursday. And finally, Space Game Junkie turns five in a couple of weeks, you guys. It turns five on August 15th. So on that day, I'm going to take the day off from work. I'm going to do a bunch of streaming. We're going to have contests, uh like trivia contests. We're going to have Name That Tune and we're going to, you know, stuff like that. So, we're going to have some contests. We're going to have some streaming stuff. We're going to try and get a roundtable of fans and whatnot going. But there's also a contest going right now at spacegamejunkie.com where if you help me get 5,000 subscribers, uh, up to that, not only will you get a prize, uh, but the, um, but the person who is the 5,000th subscriber will also get a prize. So, uh, so yeah, go to spacegamejunkie.com and look for that contest. And, uh, again, thank you for listening and watching and being supportive of this site because it's just been joyful, just joyful talking about all these great space games. And Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to join us again. Uh, you're welcome. And we will definitely have you back on in like six months or so when there's a lot more content and more stuff to talk about. We'll can definitely have you back. No question. Uh, Cause we love, yeah, we love repeat nice. guests. That's always a good time. So, um so yeah, so folks, thank you for listening and watching and uh, we will see you next week with another Chris. Have a good one, folks. Okay.
1: Bye bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. a sure thing.
0: Okay,
1: sunshine down.